This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now is the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations, from creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you'd like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. Well, I'm sure all of you have heard of Adobe. In fact, many of you probably use their products daily. Well, I'm excited to have Adobe's global head of corporate social responsibility, Amy White. Amy leads Adobe's corporate philanthropy, employee community engagement, and environmental sustainability and technology for good initiatives. Now, Amy has a lot of experience, and she has direct experience in both the for-profit sector as well as the nonprofit sector. In fact, over her career, Amy has served as the Director of Corporate Responsibility and Public Relations for Nordstrom, as well as the Head of Global Community Relations and Public Affairs at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So she has a tremendous amount of experience. And today, we're going to talk all about Adobe's corporate philanthropy and some of their new initiatives, which are really focused on supporting local nonprofits and revitalizing the local communities particularly hit hard by COVID. Enjoy today's show. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. It's always great to talk about the things we're up to and and with a, an interested audience is all the better. Absolutely. No, and I think this is very interesting that I understand Adobe, which I think everyone knows Adobe just by the name, name brand. You recently announced a hometown commitment to expand support for local nonprofits, essentially, in the areas where Adobe employees live and work. I live in Park City, which is nearby the Salt Lake campus there, which is great. So I know this impacts me somewhat. So it's always exciting to hear corporations giving back and and partnering with local nonprofits. Talk more about what initiated this and what's Adobe's goal with with this program? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it is true. We have a great campus and a huge group of employees based out of Utah. So I'm um, glad to have somebody close close to us chatting with you today. So our hometown commitment, obviously, San Jose is where Adobe has been headquartered for more than 30 years. And so we we feel an obligation and have had a long-standing commitment to partners and nonprofits in the city. So the idea that we're invested there is not new. But what we have t- taken on this year is sort of revitalizing or recommitting to that hometown concept. And we have a number of hometowns. So certainly Lehigh, where folks are in Utah, San Jose, London, Noida in in India, is we have folks all over the world. And so really taking the ethos of our commitment is about talking about the communities where our employees live and work is that we think we have an obligation as a company and an opportunity as one of the largest employers in those markets to really support the community and the organizations that are based there. So what happened this March is we launched the Hometown Initiative in San Jose, where our headquarters is based. And the Adobe Foundation invested $2 million into eight organizations in San Jose that shared our commitment to social impact community revitalization, and maintaining arts and cultural institutions. And the idea was, because we're a creative brand and and we believe in the idea of creativity for all, is that could we marry the idea of creativity and community arts and civic engagement with also activating and revitalizing downtown San Jose. So the idea being many, many home, t- many, many urban cities or even more rural cities have really been Im- impacted coming out of COVID. And so how do we bring communities back together? How do we appreciate that our headquarters is downtown, our campus is downtown, and that we have thousands of employees commuting into downtown San Jose every day? And then how do we use what we're best at, which is creativity and the arts, to activate and bring those organizations together and think about how we bring back downtown. While also, I would say, recognizing that some of the systemic issues of housing and food security and homelessness were exacerbated by the pandemic. And so it's equal parts investing in that infrastructure to support folks who might be experiencing homelessness or or some some other sort of direct need while complementing it with this creativity piece. And so it's a little bit of if we can all work together, we can revitalize downtown while recognizing some of those systemic issues are a part of the community. And we want to be as supportive of those organizations and invite them into this activation so that folks, when they're down there, feel safe. They feel like they are a part of something bigger and that our employees can feel proud about activating in that downtown community and being a part of the neighborhood. I really like your focus of kind of combining your brand and what you're good at, the creativity side, but also really wanting to revitalize the community that you're based there in. I think that's an excellent combination. Out of curiosity, a lot of my listeners are nonprofit leaders. How did you go about selecting the nonprofits that you ended up partnering with? Was there something about their mission or was it just the fact that they were focused on also revitalizing the community there? Yeah, I mean, I think... So it's a little bit in in the in the two the revitalization and the creative arts are components of it. So that sort of direct service organizations working on housing, homelessness, food security, and then folks who are focused on arts, and then surrounding with the geography of downtown. So right away you kind of limit where where your sweet spot is going to be. But I would say that along with that, our our general operating model for our hometown strategy, which again will extend beyond this one hometown. I I live and work in Seattle. There's a hometown strategy for the Seattle office, but the principles of how do we engage with employees, with community leaders, civic leaders, nonprofit organizations who are actually already solving problems. The idea that 
downtowns need to be revitalized. It's not new. Adobe didn't bring that to the table. So our job is to work alongside those best-in-class folks to identify who are the best organizations, who's bringing new thought leadership to the market so that we can support and come alongside those. So we really feel as if our investment is catalyzing efforts that are already underway and also creating somewhat of a coalition. So inviting these organizations to work with us and leverage the full power of Adobe in their work. So our people, so our employees, our policy, our product, how do we support them holistically? But then how do we also create some infrastructure so they can work together? Kind of built on the idea that if you know we will get get together a little further if we're working together. Being in the nonprofit space, one of the biggest questions I get is about grant funding. Nonprofit leaders know that grants can be a very important part of their overall revenue, but knowing how to write grants well and where to find them can leave many of us overwhelmed. Well, it's a good thing my friend Holly Rustic at Grant Writing and Funding creates ways to make grant writing simple and achievable. Well, here's the good news. She is offering you, my listener, a free grant writing class. And of course, she also has her own podcast, Grant Writing and Funding. So I encourage you to visit grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob for the free grant writing class and find out more about Grant Writing and Funding podcast. Once again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. I love that approach. When I've also learned that Adobe is not just providing financial support, but the commitment really goes beyond just financial grants. In fact, I've learned that Adobe will also leverage its people as well as your products to support these organizations. So maybe talk about what does that look like? How can nonprofit leaders who are listening and perhaps in these communities you mentioned apply for the support even? Yeah, absolutely. And we can do some some follow-up so that your listeners have the details on that because we really do think it's part of our job to get as much information out as we can about our programs. So the initial investment, the $2 million, as I mentioned, came through the Adobe Foundation. But like many companies, obviously, the company itself is based in San Jose. And so while the foundation is funding something and activating sort of on this philanthropic side, the company then also has activations and investments across these organizations. So we think of it, you can add a bunch of Ps, but we think about people, product, philanthropy, and policy as kind of the four big ones. And when it comes to people... Not unlike I'm sure many other folks on 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 your podcast have come to talk about people. Obviously, we think people are our most critical investment. And some some of the ways that we support them in engaging in their community efforts and their own philanthropic activities is through our employee matching gift program. So we have a one-to-one match for charitable giving up to seven, or excuse me, up to ten thousand dollars. We also offer something called the Employee Community Fund, which is an employee-based grant making program. So it's really geographically based. We have set 26 sites across the globe who all identify organizations in their community. They work in a grant-making context and then they end up making grants to those organizations. And those are available for nonprofit organizations around the world to apply. So we can get you the follow-up on that because there's an actual process. And then there's a handful of other ways as we, the company provides product to nonprofits for free. Adobe Express for Nonprofits was one really large investment that we made last year. So our, our largest premium Express product was made to all nonprofits globally, made available. But we also have individual programs that support product delivery to organizations. So those are three of the big ways. And then we also do pro bono volunteerism, board service, all sorts of ways where we think about how the talented and smart people of our company are out activating in the community, both for their own benefit, their personal satisfaction, but also, you know, contributing some of the the skills and talents that we have 
and and providing them the opportunity to go do that as a part of their extension of their job at Adobe. I like that integration of not just the financial grants, but also, yeah, your people resources, as well as, of course, your products. That's a great combination. Again, as a nonprofit leader myself, having all of those elements is a really nice base of support. In fact, I've had some larger corporations on this show, from Walmart to Google and Amazon. It's been really interesting and really encouraging, actually, to see some of these large corporations, and Adobe is one of those, being so intentional to invest in their local community and specifically local nonprofits. Maybe talk more about the philosophy that Adobe has when it comes to their corporate philanthropy, and what are you hoping to accomplish as a whole now, not just this special emphasis, but kind of what's your bigger picture down the road? Sure, absolutely. And, and you know, I could spend all day talking about sort of the basics of that. And I think that there's an opportunity for folks in positions like mine and yours and other folks you've had on on your call, or excuse me, on your on your program to think about how we can do it better. I think for a very long time, corporate philanthropy was a lot about writing checks and attending events. And I think if anything, COVID showed us is that that, that model <laughs> is really, is, is fine. There's nothing wrong with it because often it's getting general operating support dollars into the hands of organizations doing good work. So that's the, at, a, at its core is, is great. But I think thinking about how we build trust-based relationships with our grantees and really put them in the driver's seat of telling us how to spend their resources is a, is a key way that we approach our work. And so we have two sort of principles that we really focus on. And one is that our grantees know best. And so that trust-based philanthropy that while we want to perhaps influence or be a part of the conversation about what outcomes we're, we're aiming at, whether those are education or mental health and well-being, that they actually are doing the work every day. And so it's our job to learn from them and figure out how to invest alongside that to propel the work forward. And then I think the other core principle that Adobe brings in that increasingly you're seeing show up in corporate philanthropy is really how does equity and inclusion go across? Because we're investing, I mean, we're investing millions and millions of dollars. And as a combined corporate philanthropic sector, we have billions of dollars going out the door. So thinking of that as an economic engine for diversity and inclusion and making grants based on that principle of that it's not a single grant to a diverse organization, quote unquote, but it's thinking about how does diversity and inclusion go across this portfolio and how do we focus on that piece of listening to and building trust with our grantees. So I think those are our core approaches. But then it's also allowed us to be really responsive to the needs of the organizations and to think about multi-year commitments and really take some of that power dynamic that comes with not just corporate philanthropy, any kind of philanthropy. The power dynamic is real. And so really entering into this as a, as a partnership and really thinking of our nonprofit partners as the experts at that of the, at their issue and is really how we approach our work. And I think that that is a page taken out of private philanthropy in many ways. I think that this is a space where private philanthropy is a, a bit ahead in terms of how they're going to work with grantees and the kind of change and KPIs that we're going to track together. And so I think that that comes from both lived experience for me, but also organizations having more and more opportunity to sort of be in that driver's seat and not just feel like they're chasing after the money or the opportunity. 
Well, it's so encouraging to hear that again, because I, as a nonprofit leader myself, having a corporation like yourself and Adobe trust a nonprofit with where that money goes. Now, again, still you have some outcomes you're hoping to accomplish, but you are coming with a kind of a spirit of trust that is fantastic. And I definitely noticed, I felt like since COVID, there's been much more of that, where there's this idea of, hey, we trust you, nonprofit. We're going to give you an unrestricted gift. Now, please let us know what the results are, but we're not going to tell you exactly where to spend that. And as a nonprofit leader, that gives you tremendous freedom and the ability to really apply that where needed most. So I really, again, just say that's a wonderful approach. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that, some other best practices you've already seen when it comes to that corporate nonprofit collaboration. What else would you like to say about that? Yeah, well, I think something I touched on earlier is sort of the philosophically, those are some core principles. So DEI across, thinking about trust-based philanthropy. And then I would say that other key components of our work include that, I, I call it the full force of Adobe. So how do you bring the full force of a brand behind the work? And so I think that means fewer grantees, larger grants, like those are some operating principles, but also that people, product, the, the four Ps, people, product, philanthropy and policy is that if we can drive, so we have investments with historically black colleges and universities. So we give grants to those organizations, just like many other companies. But then we have built a team around those folks who are thinking about how do we support these institutions with product? How do we, how do they run their universities with our product? How do we teach students how to use our product in a digital first world. And then from a policy perspective, we have our government relations team engaged in thinking about how do we increase public funding to HBCUs? How do we position ourselves in moments where funding or other opportunities may be decreased for HBCUs or HBCU students? So Adobe coming alongside as an advocate and an ally from a policy perspective. And then that people one is really about how do we, do we think about pro bono volunteer service? Are we thinking about how we integrate our senior leaders as speakers at commencement or volunteers or boards of regents? Like, how do we really integrate? And so I think that's probably the biggest change over the last few years is thinking about, rather than a bit of a scattershot, where, again, it's it's okay. It's okay. General operating supports and, and support grants and lots of them doesn't hurt anybody. But the idea of if we can go deeper and really cultivate a relationship over time, we're going to have shared outcomes that we're driving towards as well as, well as shared commitment to how we're going to get there. So that trust, that equity, the leveraging the full force is really at the center. We'll be right back. Do you want a clear step-by-step system to write grants so that your nonprofit secures funding in a stress-free manner? Well, check out the free grant writing class, How to Write Winning Grants in Seven Proven Steps. You will walk away with seven nuggets of grant writing clarity and a free action workbook so you can start writing higher quality grants today. Just watch this free class now at grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. Again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. 
Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. No, very helpful on that. Now, I think it's very interesting you're speaking to that, Amy, because you have both the unique experience of working in the for-profit and the nonprofit sector. Maybe talk about what it's been like working in Adobe in contrast to maybe your experience in the nonprofit sector. How is it different? How is it similar? What's it been like so far? <laughs> That's a great question. It has to be chuckling just because, you know, the grass is never greener. It's just different grass. And so... I often tell folks I started my career in nonprofit and then went into policy and, and sort of government relations and campaign work. So kind of kind of nonprofit, but also more political. And then transi- transition to community foundation work and then private foundation, then into corporate philanthropy. So it's like this very winding journey where a couple of things have always been at the center is how do we leave a place better than we found it? How do we create a community or an ecosystem where those who are the furthest from opportunity, that that gap is closed. So that's really core in all those places and in all those message points and all that funding is, is, is really rooted in that. And then I think when it comes to the, the transition is that I, I think that what I've really tried to, to bring forward in my career is, you know, I've, I've raised money and I've given money away. And I feel like I've, I've, I've learned a thing or two along the journey, as have you, because you've had a, a dynamic background, is that there, there are people that get it right and there are good ways of doing it. And so the things I spoke about earlier around trust-based philanthropy, really thinking of our nonprofit partners as experts in their field, integrating diversity and inclusion across the entire portfolio. Those are things that being in nonprofits help me understand how to raise money and how to deliver programs and then bringing that into funding. And I think the the biggest difference for me in going from perhaps private philanthropy into, into corporate philanthropy is how do you that we I don't know if triple bottom line is still in vogue, but the idea that that we can actually we can we can have profitability while doing good in the community. And that those things don't have to exist in tension with each other. Actually, there's a way where we can we can have some sort of foundational principles that I've shared and then start to pull apart. Is it around digital literacy and job readiness? Because that's something that's critical for Adobe. We need a 21st century workforce to be ready. And we also know that that is a huge skill gap in the marketplace that disproportionately impacts communities of color. And so 
finding those sweet spots where Adobe, the brand, can uniquely differentiate with what we have to bring to bear from a product and and brand perspective and where there's a societal opportunity. And so I think all those experiences blend together in finding that that sweet spot, the the place where we want to aim. And that's why you've seen us really double down on our HBC work, which I mentioned, some initial investment, or excuse me, some new investments around mental health and well-being and, and the idea of creativity being a strategic tool in your toolkit to address your mental health and well-being. And then things like how do we diversify some of the industries we are, we're, we are in? And so really getting deep on how do we diversify the film industry, both on camera as well as behind, because our products make movies and they make great television. And so we have influence and opportunity to make sure that every voice and every story gets told. And so that's really finding those sweet spots is sort of taking the best of nonprofit work is how do you solve a social, a, a critical societal issue? And then how do you leverage the dollars and the brand and the purpose and the platform to go after that? No, well said on that. And I understand that you've been talking about various collaborations and you've already kind of mentioned this a bit, but you're really excited about another nonprofit collaboration. It's about the equity and advancement initiative that Adobe established with racial and social justice nonprofits to advance really equity and inclusion. Talk about it a little bit more. Tell me more about that. Yeah, well, in 2022, it started in 2021, but in 2022, we announced the equity and advancement initiative. It's a multi-year initiative with 11 nonprofits, global nonprofits that are sort of their shared belief is around seeking, they're seeking to address systemic barriers to opportunity and advance social equity. So they are very diverse in what they do. So initially they were aligned to some of our employee resource groups. So we have a Black employee network and there's an organization that's Black-led and supporting the Black community. And so you can see we we carried that through the 11 organizations some of that has begun to evolve as our networks evolved, but that's at that core principle, the idea was that we were going to invest in these organizations who shared a philosophical commitment around social justice, but that didn't necessarily have to be in a specific community and didn't have to share exact outcomes. So the idea was, as I mentioned earlier, if we bring together this coalition, what can we do together? So what policy change can we make? What dollars can we raise? How can we amplify the stories that they are of the impact that we're making as a collective? And so that's a lot of the work that we've been doing. And then also, it really was one of the largest investments where we said, we're going to put big, big dollars into general operating support, is that these organizations understand the need of their communities and the unique opportunity, particularly as it was sort of I use emerging from COVID, but it was definitely at a time where we were trying to think about what's the next phase? What's the next phase for these organizations in the wake of of George Floyd and other social unrest in the U.S. is how do we think about our diversity inclusion as running across and really enabling these global nonprofits to do their work that they do best? And so I think it, it really... It was the first testing ground for a lot of things we've talked about, sort of that bringing the full weight of the organization and the company to that trust-based philanthropy and, and listening. And then also, I think, a unique, unexpected, I would say, outcome of these partnerships is that they also have been able to really provide educational opportunities for our employees, particularly on complex social issues. So if that is 
the experience in Afghanistan when the U.S. concluded its time there and, and some of the unrest, social unrest that came of that. We had organizations that were our partners now that could help provide context and understanding as well as opportunities for employees to get involved. And that was never a part of the plan, but it has been a really welcome opportunity because it feels like we've hit that sweet spot spot of relevancy where Adobe as a company isn't necessarily going to facilitate or be at that intersection, but we can invite partners in to provide educational opportunities and volunteer or donation activations to for those employees to pick up on. And I think that's the kind of integration that we really are working hard to create. So it's been great. We're, we're heading into year three and have now some shared KPIs and outcomes. Not aggressive, again, because they are general operating, but what can we show in terms of progress on behalf of these communities in a shared way and shared language? So you'll see some of that come out this fall. Okay. Well, as Adobe continues to expand their corporate philanthropy efforts, what do you recommend is the rule really for corporations in terms of what they should have when it comes to social good? And how can corporations best come alongside nonprofits over time? And what I mean by that is, you know, there's there are more and more corporations are doing this. They have a social good or a social impact arm, but obviously nonprofits may feel like maybe a little bit intimidated because these corporations have a lot bigger budget. And so there's always a, maybe there, like you mentioned, we can live in a positive tension, perhaps. How do you, if you were speaking out to corporate other people in your role, how best does that work coming alongside nonprofits so that these nonprofits don't feel like it's a threat, but it's actually a benefit to them? I think it's a great question, Rob. <laughs> and one that I, I don't always know that my my pals in this space are, are, eager to, to change their approach. But I think that increasingly, what I will say is I think that leadership in the corporate philanthropy and private, private foundation sector, it's, it's evolving. We, I'm not, I am not unique in having multiple sort of stops on my journey that have informed the kind of leader we're going to be and the kind of teams we can build. And so I think one is I think it's going to happen kind of naturally is I think that I'm not the first person that's ever thought about the power dynamic in grant making. And so people are sitting in these roles trying to figure out what, what and how to do the, their work best. The other thing I will say is that I think society has changed on us and the idea of authenticity at the center. You know, I, I'm, I am all for the folks that are going to call BS on kind of bad investments or, or kind of things that sit solely in that reputational enhancement space. And I think that, but the good news is I don't have to call people out anymore. There's employees to do that. There's other folks who are not watchdogging, but really asking thoughtful questions about like, well, what, what did you do? Like this thing happened, the, the, the Turkey Syria quake happened. What was our response? And so really asking good questions about what it means to be authentic in that. So I think that some of it is that changes upon us and we have to be different leaders. And then I think what I would say is that I think ask, sort of starting with the question is, is what I tell folks to do is that what is the societal question we're trying to solve? Because if you can get a problem statement written down and, and get alignment internally on it, then you can start to think about partners who actually are already solving it. You know, they've, they've, come, they've come and done part of the journey for you. And so I think, again, if it's about literacy and U.S. education or its sustainability and, and climate resiliency. There's nonprofits all over the world who are focused on that. But I think getting clear about what problem we think we want to tackle and where it's unique to your brand and opportunity is the hard work. And then going out and finding folks that are 
working on that already becomes the fun part as there's experts in the space working on it. So I think starting with the, what is it that you're trying to solve and what do you hope is better based on your investments are the key questions we ask ourselves. Well, for my listeners who want to find out a little bit more about what Adobe is doing and maybe want to connect with you, how best can they do that? How can they connect either with you online and or find out more about Adobe's efforts? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we just, we just like many of us, wrapped up our, our 2022 CSR report. So you can find that at adobe.com. And then, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn and other places. But uh, I think the best, the best answer to that, of course, is to visit our CSR pages, which is adobe.com corporate responsibility. And then you can follow Adobe on all of our social media platforms that are usually at Adobe. And you can find out more about what we're doing in the purpose space. That's excellent. I'll make sure that link is connected with the show notes as well so people can check that out. But again, Amy, thanks for all you're doing in this space. I love the fact you brought that nonprofit experience to your role now. And thanks for just helping us all get better what we're doing and coming alongside these communities to really bring some reinvestment and revitalization to these communities. So thanks for taking time to be on the show. Rob, appreciate the time and, and, and really look forward to continuing this conversation. I think it's the right one to be having in our sector and thinking about how our brands are leveraged for for good and that that triple bottom line and how we come together in coalition is really important to us. So appreciate the opportunity to share space with you. Hey friends, well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.